It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Evening, everyone. Welcome along to the Rangers Rabble Women's Show. It's Brian. Tonight, I am joined by Rolf and Carr. Folks, how are we? I'm not bad. Yeah, fine, Brian. Not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. A bit, uh, bit strange not having any women's games this week, but obviously international breaks taking care of that. Yeah, uh, which, absolutely. which meant obviously we could hold this over to from last week because somebody was on back shift most of the last week. We won't mention Carr by name, but somebody was on back shift most of the last <laughs> well, week. I'm sorry that I have to work. No, that's okay. But and, and unfortunately, we, we did have a we did have a full compliment, but uh, but Laura's put in a sick note, so yeah. she can't make it tonight. So we wish Laura all the best for a speedy recovery. Um, I'm sure she'll be. I'm sure she'll be fit and firing and back at back to our normal self for next Sunday's game at Meadowbank, which we'll come to. I'm quite sure. Here's hoping. Uh, and Carl, is it weird um, having a international break? You know, because we always go about the men's international break, but of course, we always have women's international break. So, is it kind of weird for you as well? I mean, it is kind of weird, but also I follow the national team, so I watched them yesterday. I, I, I kept up with under-19s as well via Twitter because it wasn't on anywhere, and then I watched the men's game, and then I watched the rugby. So I had a full full house of sport yesterday, so it wasn't, wasn't quite so bad. <laughs> of course, yeah. So we're here. I was really hoping else. you were going to say that because that gives us something else to talk about once we talk about <laughs> what go. we're here to talk about. Correct, absolutely. But, Wolf, we're here, obviously, react to the... Old firm game, which was Rangers one, Celtic one, which was held at Ibrox. A uh, healthy crowd out, uh, Wolf. Just over four thousand, I believe, is the official crowd. I can't remember the exact number. Four thousand and a few. Um, disappointing. Four thousand two hundred. There you go. So um, disappointing because would would sold more tickets than that, I believe. Um, but obviously the old hobby horse of it was a, it was a, it was just over an hour after the game the first team men's first team game in Perth finished, so there was a lot of people who would have liked to have done both, but couldn't have done both. I because I because I drive to the games, I wasn't at the mercy of supporters buses or public transport, so I actually made both. Uh, hi Paul, good evening. How are you? 
Um, so I was one of the lucky ones who managed to do both. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't ideal time. It wasn't ideal planning. Um, so the crowd would have been a bit would have been a bit better had that not been a clash. But four thousand for a, a game like that, I suppose it's a start, isn't it? It's better than it's better than when they got at Broadwood because Broadwood's a bit out of the way. You know what I mean? It's not the easiest to get to. Um, but it was encouraging to see so many families there, so many young kids there. You know, it's always nice to see young kids there at games like that. Um, obviously, there was the the seven hundred cancelled tickets for our friends across the city, um, or that lot, as the manager calls them, which I thought was quite nice. Um, but uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that was. That, I mean, that's another pod in itself, and that that was just ridiculous. I mean, they, you know, they obviously knew it was going to be quite contentious. The, um, I would imagine the Celtic ultras, not to get too political about it, but I think they probably thought great opportunity to make a statement, seeing as our equivalent would be not back from Perth until at least half time, probably later in the game. So they had a, they thought it was a, probably a chance to make a statement. And I mean, with the police contacting Rangers saying, "Look, there's going to be a problem here. Something had to be done because obviously the women's games aren't policed." So. Um, it wouldn't have been cost effective to, to police it. So, I mean, as I believe, and this came from a, a police officer in Perth I was speaking to, who is part of the football group because he basically goes about all the games. Um, Rangers asked Celtic to cancel 120 tickets. They, they either couldn't or wouldn't, in his words. Um, so Rangers went, well, we'll just cancel them all. Because they don't, we don't know which tickets went to who, particularly, because we left that up to them. So, as Car put in our group chats, I feel a bit sorry for, or sorry as I can feel for people in sport. Feel a little bit sorry for the, you know, the proper fans that that go because it's the women's game and it's where they follow them all the time. You know, I mean, it's like for example, they're probably going to reciprocate when we go to them, right? So folk that go to all their, all their women's games like Car and Laura, I go to as many as I can as do you, but Car and Laura and people that go to on a right, they're probably going to have to miss out when we go across the city because I would imagine they'll do the same. You know what I mean? Feel feel sorry for people like that on the other side of the on the other side of the, the city, but ultimately it's their own club's fault. Although they try to spin it a different way because we asked them to do what was sensible and they said no, which is what they always do. You know what I mean? But but yeah, the crowd was the crowd was okay considering um, atmosphere was atmosphere was decent. Um, and we'll get in, we'll get into the game when we get into the game. But as usual, we gave him a goal of a start. Yeah, and Carl, I suppose from you know obviously the women's point of view, the, you know, the, the as a whole, the game that was a kind of different sort of experience in the sense that this this sort of you know what's what's the word I'm looking for the the, the non-policing of women's games because it's normally you know very well behaved and. You know never much issue so it was kind of a different experience for you in the sense that all of a sudden there's potential of you know possible well i'm, I'm saying trouble but you know that's that's totally new for the women's game isn't it well it's not because their ultras group turned up in 2019 to a women's old firm and shouted sectarian abuse at our players so they've got previous of it so i think that's probably why rangers then went we're not having this because it's happened before when there was no police there was you know barely any fans going at that point and i don't know what ended up happening but ended up making the papers so 
I'm guessing they kind of went, we don't want that to happen again. Go and cancel their tickets or no one's coming. And they went, well, we're not doing that. So then, but then it makes us look bad. And that's what everyone always wants, isn't it? Make Rangers look bad and then we'll just all blame them. And then their players are making it this big thing when it shouldn't be. And they could have just cancelled the tickets. But it's not something I want to see come into the women's game. I'd rather it was just organic growth rather than ultra sections and whatever else turned up to big games. Because it had been at Broadwood, they wouldn't have shown up. All our ultras probably wouldn't have shown up. It wouldn't have been a problem. So I don't see why they suddenly want to come when it's Ibrox, when they can't get into Ibrox at a men's game. So why are they trying to go up to a women's game when they, they haven't been other than to their place? So it's just all very bizarre. And it does, it's not something I want to see come into. I'd rather the, the families and the kids and everyone, their supporters clubs, whatever, that go all the time, let them in. That's fine. That's not a problem. But when they try and turn up and make a farce out of it, it just becomes chaos. And you don't want that. Then why should we fork it for the police for something that shouldn't need police? Yeah, unfortunately, Brian, I think it's getting the, the, the games are going to get more and more like the, the youth cup games, the old firm youth cup games that you get. Yeah. You know, it used to it used to be you could go like for example, you could play them in the youth youth cup final or whatever. You know, it was always it was always at hand, and both both clubs got an allocation. But the last kind of three or four years when it's happened, it's been seven hundred and fifty thousand tickets each going to families, friends, people that go all the time, the people that should get these tickets. Yes, but yes. they're not publicly available for people that can only go when they can go. You know, I mean, I think it all stems from there was a for some inexplicable reason. I think it was about twenty, maybe 2019, 2018, something like that. For some inexplicable reason, they played a Glasgow Cup final at Far Hill between Rangers and Celtic. They didn't use Hamden for whatever reason. It might be twenty eighteen actually. I think Hamden was maybe getting used for the the Commonwealth Games or so. I don't know whatever it was. Um, but for some reason they, they used for Hill and it was all sorts of nonsense there was, there was ultras from both sides causing wasn't, they weren't causing havoc but they made it you know they made it perfectly the police made it perfectly clear that they weren't happy with what had gone on and ever since then these games have been sort of invited guests only if you like I fear that women's games between the two are going to, get, going to go the same way and I really hope they don't because that's going to stunt the growth of the game yeah very much so and it's as you said, Carl, before, you know, it's disappointing that things like this have cropped up because I think the certainly games I've been at, the women's football, it's very family oriented, as you've said. Um, it's, it's always, you know, reasonably mixed. Nobody, there's never really any issues that I've seen. Um, and it's, it is disappointing that it's starting to, well, not take a turn, but it's, it's heading that direction where. They're they're needing policing or possibly needing policing because of of issues like this. Yeah, and I, I believe that SWPL had a meeting about it very quickly after you know what happened. I believe it was the Tuesday or something after the game. Don't know the results of that. I don't think they ever published anything about it. But I think they very quickly wanted to nip it in the bud and say this isn't becoming a thing. We're not going to start locking fans out of games. We're not going to need a police presence it's not going to be that case so i don't know whether they'll open it up they'll move you know the next game to their place and then if trouble does happen then we'll see what happens from there basically but i hope not but i don't know what happened at that meeting but it's nice that they were very quick in actioning that and saying we want to sit down with you we want to figure out what's going on here we don't want this to happen in the women's game so fiona you know that kind of runs the swpl is at the top she seems quite headstrong about stuff like this she wants the game to grow she wants it to be organic and natural so i think she's kind of ushering things that way rather than you know the way that it is going but 
you know, if the ultras do turn up to every game, then that'd be a, a different matter. But just trying to turn up to one game is a bit a bit silly when it just makes a spectacle out of something that doesn't need to be a spectacle. It's just another game in the league season. It's nothing, you know, major as much as an old form game can't be major. But do you know what I mean? It's just another Sunday game that shouldn't have been made out to be what it was, but it turned out that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brian. While we're still while we're still on the on this on this subject before we start talking about the game, I think yeah. and it's just a personal opinion. Right? I think that, that their ultras were trying to make a point because their club refused tickets for men's first team games. They just to make a point. The, the, you know what I mean? The, the debates crept from the men's into the women's now, isn't it? Well, I just think I just think that that that, that their ultras group. They just, they just. I don't know what point they were going to make, but I just thought, I just think they wanted to come over and cause havoc because they don't, they're not allowed in to cause havoc. Yeah. You know, when it's when it's fifty thousand capacity, full, full, full tilt going at it against them in the in the men's game. I just, I, it's just the mentality of them. I think. I just think that's all. It is. They're just out to make some noise and get themselves get themselves some headlines because these ultra groups, all they're interested in is look, look what we've done. You know, on these ultras message boards and all that. Look what we've done. You know what I mean? So, just a personal thing, but. It's one of those. We'll find out what happens the next time we play. Next time we play them across their place, which is quite soon, which we'll get to when we get to the post-play fixtures, which I'm sure you've got a note of, Brian. If you haven't, start googling quickly. <laughs> on the tickets, a uh, car was was it a uh, the Rangers give tickets to schools like the non they do? Yeah, so there were schools, community clubs, community groups, that kind of thing that were all offered tickets. I believe because I heard from somebody at the game that there was like a mixed groups and like a community you know football club or whatever that were offered tickets and they phoned to check well can we still come because there is you know with some of the girls support Celtic can they still come and they basically were told no you know but then I think they came anyway and just didn't wear colours and that was fine but that seemed a bit crazy to go that far to be like but then maybe they would have been seen as showing bias by letting them in and not letting other you know young children that follow the Celtic women's team in. I don't know, but that's just what I heard. So just passing that along, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But yeah, they gave tickets to schools, community clubs and young football clubs and that kind of thing, yeah. Right, Brian, I really I really want to get off this subject and start talking about the game, but I have to ask, ask I, I'll take this this point from Thomas, only speaking personally, because I can't speak for the two of you guys, uh, whether you look at the Union Bears the same way. I don't because they're not as as hard line as the Celtic yeah, Ultras appear to be. They're certainly not as political. Yeah. Um, I, I, as I said, I personally think they, they were thought to come either to make a statement because their their club aren't allowing them because their club are refusing tickets when they come to Ibrox. So, yeah. had the shoe been in another foot, I'm sure the Union Bears would have tried to get in the parkhead to make a statement. Right? But I don't know what statement the the Celtic Ultras, whether it's the Green Brigade or the Bohoys or whatever, who or whoever we're trying to make, but I think it's just an ultra, it's just an ultras thing. They just like you say, look, look, look what we've done despite the fact that our club telling us that we can't. It would be yeah. different with the Union Bears because Rangers have never said we can't go, we can't go to their place. So they've just said we're not giving you tickets. So mm -hmm. it is a slightly different discussion. Um, but no, I don't look at the Union Bears the same way as I look at their ultras because, quite frankly, the Union Bears are. They push the envelope a bit, and I don't particularly like all that they do. But they push the envelope a bit, but they're, they're completely they're completely about the football, whereas that other lot are completely political. And I'll stop speaking now before I get myself in trouble and the pod closed down. <laughs> yes. So obviously, 
we played a Celtic last weekend. It was Jenna Fife from goal with Nick Doherty, Tess Mudduck, Catherine Hill at the back, Lizzie Arnott, uh, Olivia McLaughlin, Chelsea Cornett and Brogan Hay with Rachel Rowe, Leo Hardy and Jane Ross as the strikers. Garb is a, a, a fairly, well, probably 10 out of 11 strong as in first choice. You could maybe argue that any was the only one that wasn't available that if, if fit would have played. Yeah, I think it's probably the strongest team we could have fielded on the day to start. Realistically, looking at who's fit and available at the moment, we don't really know what's going on with the injuries, but we know that players are out injured and we don't know how far away they are, or what's going on there, that kind of thing. But you would probably have preferred to have any in the midfield had she been fit, and she would have been had she been fit, but she wasn't. So Liv, you know, stepped up to the plate and did a fairly good job, although at the time I didn't think so, but having watched her back, she definitely did. And Wilf will get onto that because he was saying the whole game how good a game she had. But obviously Vic was away... They qualified for the Olympics, New Zealand, so that's good. We've got, we've got a World Cup star and an Olympic star in our grasp at the moment. Whether she'll stay with us, we don't know. But, yeah, sorry, I got off topic there. Yeah, the strongest team probably could have put out starting 11-wise, yeah. And, obviously, you just spoke about, you know, Olivia McLaughlin uh, there. How do you feel she's adapted since, since arriving? She's definitely getting better. The first game was a bit shaky. I think she wasn't quite there. A few misplaced passes, not quite knowing where she needed to be, whether she was being more defensive, whether she'd be more attacking. And then I'd say maybe the part of the game, there was moments where she wasn't quite maybe what I was looking for. She wasn't quite doing enough for me. But I think in that game, she did enough. She was, you know, bar a few slack passes I'll say that she had to then chase back which she did so she did what she needed to do to win it back I think she is getting better and I think you know she's worked under Joe before so she knows what Joe's looking for and that can only help us with having you know Libby out who was the kind of coming into a place Kirsty and give her a rest and then Kirsty's injured so now we've got Levin to kind of shore up some midfield but I will say Chelsea is doing a really good job in the midfield as well and I think it's letting her flourish having you know, not having any there who takes kind of the shine off of everyone around her because she's just that good. So I'd say Liv is coming good. I think a few more games, you know, for us and she'll be almost exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, Rolf, as Paul's just saying, you know, we're bad to miss uh, little Lenny, you know what I mean? Um, it's quite amazing to think that uh, a lass of her age, well, 17, 18, and we're suddenly now starting to speak of Goodness, she's almost I mean, irreplaceable. Yeah, but as Carl as Carl said at the game, we have to learn to live. Uh, we we'll have to learn to live without her because we're the best will in the world. Can't really see her being here next season because somebody's yeah. going to come in, you know, and, and sign her. Um, one of the big kind of Premiership teams, or maybe you know, maybe even abroad. She might she might end up going abroad like uh, like Sam Kerr did, which would be which would be great for her. You know, what I mean, although whether that's the right thing for a teenager to do or not is a completely different story. I don't. I don't know her personally, I don't know how mature she is for being 17 year old, you know what I mean? But I'd imagine she'll have good advice. But yeah, we have to learn to live without any, because much as I'd like to see her stay with us for her entire career, that isn't going to happen. You need to be realistic about it. Um, don't, don't make I would say right, I know, but you've got to be realistic about it. I mean, I would say, I would say, I would say right now, as, as, Carl, as Carl said, you know, Liv was in doing the job that, that any would have done had she been there. Uh, the problem is she's only on loan, so we can't even, you know, say, well, that's that's the future if any does go in the summer because she'll be going back to 
uh, back to the Birmingham, back to the, the Villa, you know. So um, we do need to learn. We really are missing her. I mean, we're missing it. Hopefully, she's back soon. Um, from from the injury that I'm led to believe she's got, and it's Car that told me the injury that she had, so she'll be able to fill it in a bit more than what she's heard. Um, I don't think she'll be back in the next couple of weeks, so we'll probably have to at least get the two hips game out of the way without her. Um, but yeah, we do we do really miss her in the middle of the park. So other players have. I, I'd actually like to see Lynn McLaughlin playing a little bit further forward. I thought she was falling a bit too deep uh, mm -hmm. against Celtic. Whether that was the way they played or the way we set up, I'm not really sure. But I'd like to see her. I think she could be more more effective a little bit further forward. I won't say six, eights and tens because I really don't understand all those positions because I'm an old guy. So, I mean, I would say she played more than a, more than a six and she should play more as an eight. But, I mean, that's just the way I understand these positions. It doesn't mean that I'm right. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Carr, we could have, well, could have and should have probably been, like, one up early doors against Celtic. We should have been. Jane, Loss, Jane Ross loves an early goal against them. You know, a couple of seasons ago, she scored in the first minute against them and that was the only goal of the game and I thought maybe that was going to happen again. But it wasn't to be. She took one wide, one off the bar. We just had a couple of really early, good early chances that we just couldn't quite settle down and get, get in the back of the net. But it was looking good. We were all over them. We were putting so many good balls into the box, good runs, and it just didn't really come off, did it? It was just... I don't know what it was, whether it was nerves or the occasion or just one of those games that we've been having for the last couple of weeks, looking back on it, that we just couldn't couldn't find the back of the net. But it looked like we would, we started off really strong, like we had against them previously in the cup semi-final. So I was happy. I thought, well, that's it. Well, we'll get a couple, we'll get a couple in the first half. We'll be fine. But wasn't to be. Yeah, well, it was funny because as Carl's just saying, you know, we started off very well and then just... Not saying we dropped off it at all, but you know, it just it just didn't seem to happen, did it? Ah, we just couldn't score. Simple as that. They were they, I don't think they were any threat at all. Um in the first 45 minutes. They just they sat in them trying to catch us on the break, and every time they, they try to break, we seem to we seem to deal with it okay. We were quite solid at the back. Um first half we just we had enough chances to, as Carl said before before we went live, Jim was good for the heartbreak before half time. You know, we just couldn't score and we hit we hit the bar and we just they were putting them clear. It was just, it was just one, of, one, of the, one of those halves. And then, unfortunately, we fell asleep at the start of the second half and well, we're, we're playing catch-up again. We seem to, as, uh, as Joe Potter keeps saying, we seem to like giving them a goal of a start. Yeah, card was pretty much the worst start to a half that you can imagine. Um, I wouldn't say their first attack, but pretty much their first attack. Um, they go up the park to score. Yep, straight down the wing, cross it in, free, uh, free player in the box, no one around her, and she just she scores. And Jenna probably could have done more, but I'm not blaming her at all as much as I usually probably would like to blame her for it. The whole defence just kind of hadn't woken up or hadn't come back onto the park mentally. I don't know what it was. We all just kind of switched off, and they just they won't get an easier goal against us, I don't think. It was the easiest, just straight, straight down the wing, cross in, to the free player in the box scores, easy as you like, and then it woke us up a little bit, I will say, but I think that kind of helps us a bit, giving them an early goal and then it wakes us up and kicks us into gear, but that shouldn't have been allowed to happen because we should have won that game with a clean sheet realistically, but, you know, it did happen and then we kind of woke up a little bit and, well, we'll get to it, I suppose. 
Uh, but yeah, as, as you just highlighted there, Wolf, you know, Hardy has dipped in form. Yeah, it's, I think it's quite palpable that, you know, you, you don't see her assists, you don't see her goals, but she was getting mightily frustrated uh, last weekend, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she's probably just frustrated. She's a striker that isn't scoring goals, as John points out. She has dipped a bit. Um, and that's what strikers do. I mean, she was in a great goal scoring form. And then she's, she, I think it's one of them. She just needs a goal. Doesn't matter how it goes in, she just needs to score. She's trying too hard to score because she hasn't had a goal for a few games. You know, and she went through a run there where she was scoring. She was scoring for fun all the time. Um it's it's difficult. The last three games have been quite have been quite difficult. I mean, we've struck we struggled to struggle to get past hearts, then we drew with you know, then we drew with Thistle, and then we obviously we drew with the game we're talking about, you know. Uh, I think from Rio Hardy's point of view, I think the international break's come at the right time because it's given her a break because she's not in any international squads. So it's given her a rest, um, you know, given her given her time to get whatever. I, I wouldn't say rustiness, whatever stillness, whatever whatever's not going right. Try to get try to get that to go right, and hopefully, um, when we get to Meadow Mike next week, she's she's firing and she's starts starts rattling the goals in again because I think that's I think that's all she needed was a bit of a rest because she has played an awful lot of football, and you know, I mean, I've never played at any level, but when it's not working for you, sometimes you do just need to take a break from it. Definitely, hundred percent. And the the little diamond in the wing, uh, Carmia, um, Rachel, uh, Rachel, um, yeah, yeah, Rachel picks up the ball in the middle. Nice wee out outside of the right foot sort of pass to, to Mia, who didn't even have to break stride, and it was a classy finish, wasn't it? Well, I mean, the whole goal was great. Sarah Ewins does great wall great work to get the ball <clears throat> gets it to Chelsea who's a lovely ball over the top to Rachel Rowe who then just waits she sees Mia coming she just kind of holds on to the ball and wait for Mia perfect pass and all Mia needs to do is side foot it past the keeper into the back of net and we're all going mental just a, a wonderful team goal and me just being on the park what 20 seconds she'd only just yeah, been yeah. subbed on I think it was her first touch of the ball honestly and that's what she offers it now I was saying I thought Joe needed to make subs earlier because we looked leggy we looked like we were struggling an awful lot especially I don't have single players out but Lizzie Arnott looked a bit fatigued or something she wasn't quite her normal taking players on self so I think we needed to make those subs a little bit earlier that might have helped us potentially get another goal and win the game, but fantastic goal from everyone involved. I will say Chelsea was fantastic with that ball over the top, and Rachel Rowe was fast becoming one of my favourite players. She's just so incredible. So I thought she was going to hit it. I genuinely thought she was going to hit it when she got the ball, but she just waited for Mia to come, and Mia just does it. She's 17 years old, and that's what she offers you. It's, in, it's incredible what our academy has produced, by the way. Incredible. Yeah, well, um, I don't think you could. I don't think there's enough superlatives to, you know, state how highly that goal was. Um, as as Carr says, you know, Rachel gets the ball, feeds it through to Mia, and as you know, Mia doesn't have to break sort of stride and just passes it in the goal basically. But as Carr said, it was a tremendous uh, team team goal. Well, looking back on it and watching it back, it was it was a tremendous goal. But I mean, at the time, I'm thinking it was just a big punt up the park, and Rachel's Rachel's taking it out the sky. What I mean, the control was just sublime. Absolutely sublime. And as Carl says, she just waits. She sees Mia coming. She just waits. Absolutely perfect pass. I mean, it's so, it would be so easy to overhit or underhit that pass. You know, Mia would have to stretch for it or take a touch or whatever. Straight into her path. She's been on the park literally 20 seconds. 
you know, and it was it was genuinely her first touch. And I mean, she just she caressed it into the corner. You know, a lot of a lot of players, particularly young players, were just I went naming lights here. I'm just going to put my laces through this and rattle it in the top bin. And if you do that, it could end up absolutely anywhere. But she just she just because she caressed it into the bottom corner. An absolutely superb goal. That was actually a goal worthy of winning the game. Unfortunately, I didn't win another game. But I mean, oh, just there isn't enough superlatives. I mean, the the take out the sky uh, from Rachel Rowe just incredible, absolutely incredible. That that just made the goal. That was that was fabulous. One of the best goals. One of the best goals you'll see in any in any form of football. You know what I mean? Even if if women's football is not your thing, it's still a tremendous goal. And absolutely put it this way, right? Had that been Man City that scored that goal, right? Sky would still be showing it. Because it was, it was just tremendous. Absolutely tremendous goal. Very much so. Very much so. And I suppose, Carl, it's frustrating that we scored, I think, just after the sort of 70th minute. Um, I wouldn't say nothing happened after that, but, you know, just you're, you're, you're kind of, the way the sort of women's team have been playing or, you know, potentially could play, you're expecting them to go on and win that game from then, aren't you? We are, but I think both teams had a couple of opportunities to go and win it, and n- neither of them took it kind of thing. Like, they had a good chance near the end. Jenna makes a very big save, keeps us in it, go up the other end of the park. Jane Ross rounds the keeper, just square the ball to Mia, or do hit it first tight, do something with it, and we're winning that game. And she just... She took it too far and then couldn't do much with it, so she had a shot herself and it didn't end up going in. But both teams had opportunities. So I think over the piece, 1-1 probably is a fair result, but annoying because we were expecting to go into that and then set seven clear and now we're only four. And not to, We shouldn't be annoyed at only being four points clear, but we've seen what's happened in previous seasons with not having big enough leads. And the past couple of games before that, I think it put a little bit of scar tissue into us because... We really should have won all of those games quite comfortably, and we didn't. But hopefully, as well says, this break just lets everyone rest up so it isn't away, and then we can just start firing past Tibbs, who seemed to be our main target for March. We've got a few, three games against them, I think, in March, which is we'll come on to. But uh, it's one of those games that you know both teams could have won it, but I think one one's a fair, fair result. Yeah, Wolf, it was a. I must admit, when, when I was watching it live at the time, I was on my phone and I seen Jane going round the goalie. I thought, well, that's fine. She's just going to going to pass this into the goal. She takes another touch. She takes another touch. Then you see Mia pretty much standing her own in the penalty box. Stuff isn't past her. Takes a shot and you're like, wow. Just very un-Jane-like, wasn't it? Yeah, but as I said to you before we, before we started recording, that it's... If the roles are reversed, the ball's getting squared into Mia would square the ball into Jane, but because Jane's a striker, her natural reaction is she's going to get a shot off, and she has got tunnel vision to see. And, and understand it because that's what that's what strikers do. Um, the other thing as well is had, had she decided to square it, and either Mia didn't score or somebody cut cut the ball out before it got done, we'd always say, "Why did you not shoot?" You know, I mean, she's on it. She's on a hiding to nothing, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, she probably should have scored. But then, having said that, when uh, when Jenna pulled off and saved just before that, really, she had no right to save that. I mean, that could have been in the goal. We, we, we've already got our head in our hands thinking, well, we're 2-1 down. And she pulled off a great save. You know what I mean? Because the Celtic striker shouldn't have missed that, really. Shouldn't have given the keeper a chance with it. But it turned out it was a great great save, but 
you've got to look at the... If that's the other way around, we're looking at the finishing, not the save. So, as Carl says, a draw was probably about right over the piece, and a draw is a much better result for us than it is for them. Particularly when Glasgow City were in, because that's Glasgow City right on their shirt tails again. And the ideal scenario is obviously we go on and win the league, which we're going to, right? And I'd much rather Glasgow City got the other Champions League place. Thank you very much. Very much so. <laughs> um, and of course, Carl, the, the news obviously broke a few days ago that the, the post-split fixtures come out. Um, you kind of forget, you know, the, the post-split. You, you, you're so engrossed with the season that you forget about these post-split sort of fixtures. And, of course, straight off the bat, we're away to Selick. On St. Patrick's Day, no less, which I think is quite... Either done on purpose or just, you know, pure coincidence. I don't know, but it's quite funny that that's landed there. So it's a, it's the first ones you look for, isn't it? You look for them, you look for Glasgow City, and then you kind of look at the rest. Who have we got last? I think that's the three that you mean we'll look for. Those two and then who have you got last game of the season kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining at really any of them. I think it's probably more even than last year. I think last year it was a lot more congested with a lot of big games back to back, whereas this post-split seems to be a little bit more spread out, which is quite nice that the last game of seasons get part it rather than against Glasgow City. So I think that gives us a little bit of relief almost that you're not going into the last game of season knowing it's make or break then. You'll know by that point where we're at kind of thing. So I think it's more reasonable. I just don't understand why we've got so many Hibs games in March. It's We've got... <laughs> The 3rd to the 10th, and then I'm sure it's the 31st if we've got Hibs yeah. again. But I think it's at home the 31st. So, you know, but it's still Hibs again. It just seems a bit crazy. But I guess that's what happens when there's only six teams in it. There's only so many teams you can play, I suppose. So it just kind of works out the way. But no, I mean, the furthest we need to go is Edinburgh, which is quite nice. There's no long trips. Well, I, well, it's not my fault that you live there, you know. Some of us live in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's quite nice that way. That, but you know, it's looking dicey at the bottom too. I will say, Hamilton Ackies have you know clawed back some points and are no longer sitting at the bottom. Montrose are now at the bottom, so both ends it's quite tight. So it'll be an interesting end to the season to see who ends up where, and hopefully we come out on top with more than one trophy. I'm just going to say that. Very much so, and we'll come back to other teams as in Hamilton and etc. But both the the first four split fixtures are away to Celtic, home to Hibs, and home to Glasgow City, and then away to Hearts. If I mean that's that's four tough, like you know, four straight off the bat, really tough fixtures, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean that's that's four of the other five in the top six. I mean it's the top six for a reason. That's going to be that's mm -hmm. going to be the the harder teams you play against, and because you play everybody twice home and away, you've just got to go on with it. I mean it doesn't matter what order you play them in, really. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, it'd been great to get. You know, get Thistle out of the way rather than have them have them last, have them have them at home early, early doors gives a bit of a rest. But I mean, as long as we can get back to winning ways after a couple of fairly poor draws, then there's no reason we can't we can't be winning them all. There's no reason we can't be beating all these teams. You know, I mean, it's I'd, I'd much rather be playing. Let's be honest, right? Let's get let's get them done. The last last season was was traumatic. I mean, it got to the last game of the season and it was it was. Just it was ridiculous, right? If we win, if we win all these games at the start of the split, but if by the time it comes to that last game of party, well, it's just party time. It won't really matter. You know what I mean? We've we've 
I'd like to think if it goes the way it should, they'll move the game to Ibrox and we'll just get on with it because it's go- it, we're going to be one. It's going to be just a party, but you've got to play everybody twice again. So let's just play them and, and that's the order they've given us. That's fine. So let's just get on with it. As Carl says, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of games against him. That's partly because we drew them in the cup as well. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, fine. Let's, let's just get on with it. Let's just. Let's just, let's next week get back to playing games. Then it's Sunday, 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 Sunday. It's just a couple of ways he's thrown in. Let's just get on with playing games of football, and you can only beat with the boot in front of you, as they famously say in football. So doesn't matter what order they put them in, you still got to play them all twice. Very much, very much so. Car, do you think the old firm return fixture will be held at Parkhead? I mean, I think so because they moved a couple of their games last season to you know, Parkhead, so I'd imagine they'll be looking at it, or they'll move a random Glasgow City game or a random Hearts game or something. Maybe they won't be allowed kind of thing. I don't know, but I'd imagine they'll try, depending on the... I haven't looked at the men's fixture around that time to see where they are or where they're not. We play Celtic 7th of April. No, I know, but I don't know if their men's game have a... men's team have a game on that Sunday, because they're obviously not in Europe anymore. That's not like a dig or anything, but they're not. It's just a fact. So they will, they'll be playing <laughs> you know, they'll be playing on the Saturday. Anyway, I don't know, but I'd imagine they will, but I don't imagine they'll be allowed to lock us out without just cause. So I'm hoping that the Uni Bears don't try and turn up so that we don't get locked out of it. Otherwise, they'll just open up New Edmondson House and we'll just all have a party in there, and that, that'll be great as well. We'll just do that instead. But I'm hoping we'll be there. As much as I don't want to give them money and I hate going there, I would if it's to see us beat them there. I absolutely would. So I don't know. But we, as well says, we win all those games, we're going to win the league because that's realistically Partick have made top six, but just, you know, they're one of those teams that's kind of just there. They're not quite one of the teams that you should be looking at. Oh, they're going to be a hard team to beat, which, you know, a couple of weeks ago ended up being the case. So maybe I'm putting egg on my face by saying this, but. You know, Hearts, Hibs, Glasgow City are the ones that you need to beat because they're the most difficult ones. But beat all of those, you go into the second half of the split, you know, flying because you're a few points ahead. You know, Glasgow City are probably going to win a few more games. So then it's making it tight in second and third place. So we just need to keep on top of them and hopefully come back from this break, score a good few goals against Hibs next Sunday and then just get everybody back into the rhythm of it and we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, Brian. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they'll do with that fixture because their their first team will be their men's first team will be at home on the Saturday because we're at Dundee right. on the Sunday. Um, now the fact that we're at, what time's that? What time's that kick off of that Celtic game? They haven't Sunday? announced. It. They all say TBC. They're they're not confirmed right. yet, but I think it's down at two o'clock. Right, because if we if we're at Dundee, then there's every at twelve o'clock, which we are. There's every chance they'll have it at Parkhead at two because. Our ultras won't get there because they'll still yeah. be coming out of Dundee. So they might they might do that, but then again they might not because the first team plays there the day before, so they might want to protect the pitch. Mm-hmm. It's one of them, you know what I mean. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if they didn't. But if they do, it will be an early afternoon kickoff because there's no way they'll they'll say well it'll be ten past four because that gives yeah. everybody time to get from Dundee down there. You know what I mean? Which could cause all sorts of nonsense. You know what I mean, not that I think it will, but you never know. Yeah, that's. It's one of those cards. It's almost you're you're just desperately hoping it doesn't become this tip for tax sort of nonsense, aren't you? Yeah, I mean it's not something that I've ever had to consider before. Now it's not something that I've ever worried about. You know, 
move a game to Ibrox, move a game to wherever, it's never been a concern of, oh, well, we won't be able to go because it's going to end up the way that the men's, you know, old firm has. So I'm going to hope when that, the SWPL have dealt with it and that won't then become a thing, hopefully. But, you know, as much as we want the women's team to grow and we want them to, you know, attract more people and become bigger, become more like, quote unquote, regular football, like men's football, I'm hoping it can do that a bit more gradual rather than this immediate so many more people want to turn up and it's going to become almost a circus sometimes of people moaning that players aren't signing their stuff or giving them tops or whatever like all these people that turn up to bigger games I'll say like in Ibrox I love that it was 4,000 I think that's a record for us I don't think we've ever had 4,000 at a home game because I think the Glasgow City game at Broadwood was I want to say two or three thousand. I can't remember exactly, but I'm fairly sure that's a record. But there was a lot more people waiting for, oh, can I have your top with signs and stuff? And I don't really want that to come into into the game where people are just showing up to try and get stuff or look cool in front of their pals. I want them to actually enjoy the game and know the players because there's people around you going, that number four isn't very good. And you're thinking, at least like learn their names and know who they are instead of just kind of turning up because it's a day out kind of thing. But that'll come. I don't know what your question was, Brian. I've lost lost track of where I was, which happens quite often, I will say. Don't worry. Hey, Paul, just for your perusal, there's Hibs at home, Glasgow City at home, uh, Hearts at home, Celtic at home, and Partick. That's it. Finish. Uh, yeah, it's five five home games because it splits the top six and we don't play ourselves, so it's five home games. <laughs> Correct, five games. Yeah, and five away games. Absolutely. Now, Wolf, I'm just going to. Uh, Car mentioned, you know, Hamilton doing very well. Um, obviously we've got players out in loan. Um, uh, you know, Mason Hope and is it is so Sophie Black? Is it Sarah at Hamilton as well? Uh, Becca Clark. Becca Clark and. Uh, Becca Taylor, Taylor. Becca Taylor. Taylor. Yes. yes, and then of course we've got uh, Carr's very own Laura at Laura Berry at Motherwell. Um, it's nice to see these, you know, youngsters getting getting chances at clubs like Hamilton and, and Motherwell, and you know, taking advantage of those loans. Well, but I don't, I don't pay much attention to what other teams, what other teams are doing. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see the, you know, the, the loan players getting game time. I mean, I listen to. Uh, Carol Laura's other pod, and they always have a Alan always does a wee um, a wee loan review, and it's nice to hear what they do. That's when I get my information on the um, you know, on how the loan players are getting on because I don't, I say, I don't really pay that much attention to the rest of it. But yeah, it's great to see them. I mean, what sticks out for me is the fact that we had something. Was it five academy players in the Scotland under nineteen squad? Something, something like that. Which I know Carl's been, which I know Carl's all over. That that in itself speaks volumes. And it's not just the players that are playing first team. I mean, I know Jody McLeary was captain on Thursday, I believe, because Demi was all over yeah. telling me that. Um, and, you know, but Laura, I mean, Laura Berry played and scored, I think three of them scored against Wales. You know what I mean? Um, so even the very fact I know that tells you that the, tells you the way the game's going, because I'm seeing this stuff on social media, so there's more interest in it. You know, because I'm not going to wait to find it because I've got no interest in international football. But it's brilliant that we've got so many youngsters in the uh, in the team. You know, and so. I mean Jody. I mean Jody was captain on. Was it Thursday they played Wales? Cap? Jo, I believe Jody. Jody was a captain. Wednesday. The, captain Wednesday. Jody was. I believe Jody was captain, and I mean Laura scored. I think. Jo, I think what was it? Laura, Jody, and Kayla. Yeah, I think the Wales scored. Kayla Jardine they scored. Yeah. For the first scored. game. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, three, three it was Kayla. 
Yeah. You should yeah. know. I mean, it's. Can't I'm getting mixed up between the two games, but Laura Berry scored a hat trick in the second game that they won 5 2. Yeah. I didn't even know they scored in that game, so there you go. But yeah, I know the three that scored in the first game was the 1 5 1 against Wales, you know what I mean? Which is brilliant. I mean, it doesn't matter how good or bad Wales are. That's still. That's still good at that level. Plus, obviously, we had five players away with the Scotland team in the, uh, the Pinnacle Cup just now, you know. Um, and they're in the final of that. Although, as we said last week, the last time we were on, we think that's just a friendly thing. It's not really anything to get too excited about. But, but still, you know, it's it, it's great. It speaks volumes for the academy. It speaks volumes for the club that we've got all this international recognition. And that can only be a good thing for for Rangers going forward because, you know, we've got, we've got the. If you're trying, if you're trying to lure the best young talent to the club, you can say, look, look for example at Jody McLeary, Mia McCauley, Kirsty McLean. They're getting first team minutes. They're getting a lot of first team minutes. But not only that, they're getting rec- international recognition. We've got lot. We've got the likes of Laura Berry, Kayla Jardin, not getting game time for us, but we've put them out on loan at a decent level. They're getting international recognition now. Young players coming through are going to look at that and go, oh, wait a minute, if I go to Rangers. I'm going to get a lot of football to, and I'm going to represent my country. That's that's massive. That's absolutely... And then going forward, obviously, as the game grows, we move these players on, it does become self, self-financing, self which it has to be eventually. You know what I mean? And it's all it's all going in the right direction. Yeah. And, Carl, I think, as you under, as you stated earlier, you know, the, the job that the coaches at Rangers and, the, you know, obviously the, the scouting as well for the, you know, the, the girls' football... Um, you can't sort of praise them highly enough because this is just another another one of the conveyor belt, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts at such a young age. You know, we, me and Laura have been to a few of the kind of unders games, as I call them, the under-16s, under, I think one under-14s game, potentially. And you see some of the talent that's in there. It's very raw and rough around the edges. They're not quite there yet as you'd expect but they're obviously picked up somewhere whether you know these trials that we hold the soccer academy or wherever they get these girls from they pick the best of the best and then they refine them with the best coaching and nutrition and everything they've got behind them at rangers it obviously just like makes them much better players than say a part-time team that doesn't have all that you know readily available to them they're trying to do that their best kind of on their own it makes such a massive difference. And obviously that's beneficial because we're getting the money from the men's side of it. But as well says, it does eventually need to come to a point where it can fund itself. But the club could do a lot more to help that, sell the women's shirts, for example, but we won't get into that because I'll end up going on a 10-minute rant about that kind of thing. But, you know, the the nutrition, sports science, all that they've got behind them is massive. And I think it can be understated how well all the coaches that we've had and left gone to Liverpool, gone down south to I think Man United, you know, one of them went to Park Thistle, stuff like that, where other clubs are in one of our coaches, our under 16, under 18's coaches is massive. And I, I do believe we now have an under 19 squad as well, but it's not like in a league, it's not in a competitive setup, but there is that option there because obviously there's players that are over 18 then, so can't play in the unders, but they're not quite first team ready yet. So it's nice that we're able to hold on to them and keep them around to get them to that point, or we send them out on loan like we've done with a few of the players that have gone out. But, you know, the amount of players that we've got out with our international teams just now is incredible, considering it's more are away than are still here. And the ones that are still here would have been away, but they're injured. So I think that's a massive testament to how good our squad is with the amount of international players that we've got. Very much so. 
And of course, Wolf, after the international break, we are away to Hibs, uh, live on BBC Albalsy. Um, oh, Paul's got a question. If you had a wish, a possible choice for a new keeper, <coughs> excuse me, who would you pick? And if you think it's needed, this is a difficult one for us. Like a new number I, one? Yeah. I would try. I would try. I would try and get Vicky Essen signed up on a long-term contract and just keep her. Yeah, I, 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 I had to bring in a new one. Had to bring in a new one. I've got no idea. Yeah, hundred percent. Out of the two that we've got, you want you would keep Vic, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think it's kind of horrendous how little game time she's got. But I don't know if it's because Jenna got given a two-year contract. That Joe felt like, well, she must be the one that everybody kind of trusts and likes, and is maybe she trains a lot better than Vic. I don't know. Because all very bizarre to me, but I trust Joe, so I'll trust her judgment. But the the the, the problem with keeping Vic as your main goalkeeper is that the Southern Hemisphere international windows different hours, as as has been shown by the fact that Vic's been away uh, before our international break. She's now she's now back, and it's the international break for for Europe. So because she's from New Zealand, you know, effectively she's missed a month of club football because she's been away for two weeks from New Zealand, and then she's back, and it's more or less a two-week break for us. You know what I mean? So that, that would be difficult, but yeah, I would say just try and keep Vic. Yeah. I love... But I yeah, Brian, sorry, go back, to, go back to your point. Next Sunday, we're away at, away at Hibs at Meadowbank because we're going to have to wind this up soon because the um, SPFL boys are coming on at half eight. I was just about to say, we've, we've had a gentle nudge from the rest of them, so... Well, that was we'll me that, sorry, it was me, that, it was me that nudged you, don't worry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, away at Hibs, the first of two, ga two games at Meadowbank, uh, the one on Sunday, this coming next Sunday is a league game. The following Sunday is the cup game, where they've seen a bit of sense and made the kickoff that you can go to both games. Although there is a bit, I'd have preferred a one or two o'clock kickoff, not a twelve o'clock kickoff on the tenth. But however, we've got what we want. We can do them both. So happy days. Um, but yeah, ten past four next Sunday live on BBC Albert, as you say, from Meadowbank. My first time ever watching a Rangers team play at Meadowbank, although I have been there before to watch Edinburgh City play somebody just to chalk it off. Um, looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. I think it should be quite good. Um, hopefully, on the cracking atmosphere amongst the Rangers fans after uh, our um, friends across the city drop drop points at Tynecastle at lunchtime in the in the men's game, that would be that would be tidy. But we'll wait and see. But yeah, there's no reason. I mean, you know, there's, there's no reason that we can't have a decent support there, given the men play on Saturday and. Yeah, 10 past 4 is not ideal crossing Edinburgh, but it is what it is. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Nice to get, nice to get the, the games back on after an after a international break and hopefully we hit the ground running and see off Hibs and just move on, make a statement before the cup tie the following week. Very much so. Um, reproduction card? Because Hibs have been kind of a stuffy team for us, but they've kind of fallen apart this season. I don't know what's happened to them. They lost their keeper, which I think kept them in a lot of games. So I don't know what's happening. I'll, I'll say 3-0. I think we'll, we'll do enough. We all get back on the score sheet, first game back, and we'll be flying into the, the split with no no worries or qualms. I will say, if anybody's coming to Meadowbank, you need to get a parking ticket and then... Ver um, 
solidifier. I don't know the right word. You go into the inside bit and say, I was at the football. Can you do whatever to this text? So you don't end up paying a tenner because I've made that mistake in the past <laughs> and it's horrendous. So just go into the wee office and be like, hello, I'm here for the football. It's free. And they do whatever to the ticket to means that you get out and you don't have to pay. Because I made that mistake the first time I went and I thought I'm never coming back here. That's horrendous paying a tenner for parking. <laughs> so don't make that mistake if you are coming along. That's good to know, but I'm not taking I'm not taking a car, so that's fine. I'll be quite happy with that. So but yeah, Paul, she's okay. She's okay, thanks. She's she obviously a wee bit a wee bit hacked off yesterday, but she she realized they were well beat by a better team. So yeah, she's okay. She's speaking to me again. So although I um I'm I'm not sure how I'm not sure how well it went this morning when I told her when I told her I'd got up during the night, she's what time was it five past five past clock. I don't think that went down too well. But, <laughs> however, oh you're pushing it well, you're pushing you'll be in the shed soon. <laughs> but uh, no, good and I apologise to Ross for that as well if he happens to be watching. Yeah, absolutely, but all the best. Uh, good advice from Car there if you're going in the parking. So take take Car's advice and you know don't caught a copper like she did the first time. But obviously, I didn't even know that a car park there to be honest. It's yeah. quite small. It holds maybe thirty cars, and I might be pushing it a bit. I don't even think it's that many to be honest, but. Is that are you parking on the street and risk getting a ticket from all the Edinburgh traffic wardens? Because I was parking the wrong place in Edinburgh. Not a big fan of Edinburgh. Yeah. Well, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm going down with her when she goes to Tyne Castle and then I'm going to get a service bus back up the road. So, well, there you go. Days. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Paul's going for 4 0. Well, what are you thinking out against him? I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to beat them, but I'll go for. I'll go for I'll go for a repeat of yesterday's men's first team game. I'll go for five. Why not? And are you going to treat it to our five guys? No. <laughs> I would. I would. But unfortunately, James Tavernier has eaten all the five guys. So that's what <laughs> done. So. Awful. Terrible. I had to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, my thanks to Carr and Wolf for joining me tonight. Hey, excuse me. What's your score prediction? Thank you, Mr. Mr. Hogan. I'll go five more. Okay. Yeah. And first goal scorer, Olivia McLaughlin. Just for uh, randomness. So first goal scorer because I didn't give a uh, first goal scorer because I didn't give you one test medal. She does love she does love a goal against Hibs. She does. She does. Yes, she does. Very much, very much. But obviously, we got a nudge earlier that the 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 SPFL, 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 SPFL show is coming up, so we got a wee nudge to say that it's starting at half past eight. So if you want to carry on with the Rangers Rabble, we'll be on it live at half past eight with the the Scottish football show. So tune in for that. Robert and his teeth. Robert's back back down to, back down in Doncaster after his wee trip to Glasgow yesterday. I had the the delight of seeing him at the game yesterday. So Brian was uh, was missing in action. He was probably too busy in the lounge, but. Uh, <laughs> I was in the yeah, but it was nice to see Robert yesterday. He's he's back hosting the SPFL show in about five minutes' time. Yes, no, I was in the district bar yesterday. Fine change, uh, good boozer, so it was really good. But my thanks to Carl and Wolf for joining me this evening. Thanks, Brian. Cheers, Brian. And we shall see you next week with uh, what would I say? Uh, update on everything in the women's show. So thanks again, and we shall see you again very very soon. 
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.